Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. The epistle is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman. And they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, my friends, let me tell you something that you already know. Life is hard. Yes, life is difficult. Contrary to what the fictional character Forrest Gump once said, life is not a box of chocolates. Deep down, yes, deep down, you and I know the secret that what we're going to get from this life under the sun is an empty box with certainly no chocolates. John Wayne, yes, John Wayne, he pretty much hit the nail on the top of the head once, too, when he said the following. He said this, he said, life is hard, it is harder if you're stupid. Hmm. Now, considering that, considering the fact that life is hard, that life is difficult, no wonder why so many people like to live with the myth that life is somehow easy and perfect and calm. You see, it is easier to pretend It is easier to pretend that things are okay even when they really are not. It is more comfortable to to pretend and even advantageous to pay spiritual gurus and motivational speakers and authors to tell us the opposite reality. And what is that? That we are fine, that everything around us is fine, and that everything in the future is going to be fine. You see, deep down, we all want to be complacent Deep down, we want to congratulate each other, pat ourselves on the back and say, you know, we've got this made. Life is easy. Things are looking up. Yes, things are looking up. Everything is getting better every day. Indeed, as mentioned before, we will pay people to fill our ears with false hope 
We will pay people and we will buy books and we will listen to talks of people speaking peace and optimism into our ears when there is no peace, when there is no reason to be optimistic about the world's future. You know, as a pastor, perhaps the most significant criticism that I have received from parishioners over the last 15 years has to be, yes, it has to be that mentality that I need to stop being negative and to be more positive. Frankly stated, I have been lectured with a finger pointed in my face to put on a happy face and to brush off the clouds of gloom and tragedy. I've been told that I should exemplify energy and happiness and positivity from pulpits. Yes, from pulpits at all costs. I've been told that songs that sound sad and Bible passages that sound heavy should be avoided in the church. I've been told before to avoid themes like hell and wrath and sin and death. I've been told that funerals should not be funerals but need to be celebrations. To the point, over the last 15 plus years, I've been told that the church should not talk about anything negative but focus only on the positive at all costs. Dear friends, part of our human condition, part of our human problem is that we like to live in the dark. History and everyday experience and the teachings of the Bible show us that we humans prefer it when pastors and politicians and journalists twist words and doctor truth, when they put band-aids on severe problems, and when they say to us things such as this, there, there, it is not so bad, you will be just fine, everything is going to be okay, things will look better for you, trust us. You see, we find it more comforting to be asleep to the problems of life. If we can somehow stay asleep to the threats and those problems and the difficulties in life, it is better that way. It is easier to be awake, to be aware of the problems and the threats and the difficulties of life. Well, it is hard. It is uncomfortable. In our epistle reading from this morning, the Apostle Paul He tells us, though, that we Christians are not children of darkness, but children of light. And as children of the light, we are not asleep in this life, but we are awake. In other words, as Christians, you do not sleepwalk through life like the rest of the world. You do not live asleep in the silly myths of complacency. Furthermore, as Christians, you are not a drunk as a Christian. Literally and figuratively, you are not a drunk who is stupefied and unable to understand the dangers of life. Your life as a Christian. Yes, each and every one of you. Your life as a Christian is neither one where you stumble around in the darkness asleep nor stumble around intoxicated by fear, but instead, as Christians, you are sober-minded. You are awake You are alert. You are aware to the realities of life. Baptized saints, you must understand that life is different for you as a Christian. Indeed, it is. You are not like the world. That is to say, when the rest of the world feels earthquakes and sees death and experiences viruses, witnesses riots and experiences fraud, two things will happen to the world. 
The world will either run to the cover of pretend peace and safety, or the world will become intoxicated and unhinged with drastic emotions. On the one hand, when disaster strikes, the world will do everything possible to gather people to soothe them with lullabies of falsehood, to coddle them asleep in complacency. Or the opposite will happen. On the other hand, the world will become like a crazy drunk liquored up on fear. To the point, the world will never be able to be sober-minded. The world will never be awake, never be alert, but either hiding under the covers asleep to the problems of life or unhinged in irrational emotionalism. You, though, yes, each and every one of you, you are not of the world. You are not of the world. You are not called to darkness and sleep. You are not called to drunk emotionalism. You are a Christian, and as a Christian, you are called to be a sober person. Mark this. Mark this right here and right now. As a Christian, you do not let your appetites, you do not let your fears and your emotions rule your life. But instead, you live soberly in the midst of all that this world will throw against you. As a Christian, you do not need to pull the sheets over your head and suck your thumb to sleep. You do not need to be intoxicated with fear. But instead, you live awake amid all that the world will throw against you. Because you know the comforting news that all, yes, all ends well in Christ. You know the comforting news that all ends well in Christ. You see, that is really the game changer, is it not? When you and I know the end of the story, that all ends well in Christ, it changes everything. It changes everything. Because we know that Christ holds not only the very beginning, but that he holds the very end, you and I, we can look soberly at the realities of life, not with fear, not with a frenzy, but with a calm and a cool and collected disposition. Think of it this way, baptized saints. Think of it this way. You and I know that this life under the sun is a veil of tears, a valley of tears, as they say. Jesus tells us that in this godless world that you and I will have problems and will continue to experience difficulties. He promises us that for sure. We know that because of sin, there's no such thing as some sort of golden utopia off in the distance. There's no such thing as peace in this world. We have always had problems with war and disease and unrest and conflict and death and disaster, and we always will. And yet, regardless of these problems in life, hear this, we can lift up our chins and know that with every moment, that with every day, that with every problem, with every disaster, with everything that comes our way, we can know with each of those events, with each of those calamities, with each of those struggles and those pains in this valley of tears, with each one of those, we draw that much closer to Christ coming back for us yet again and making all things new. You see, the world, this world will either cry out, peace when there is no peace, or be intoxicated with fear. But you, as a Christian, you will continually guard yourself against both of these extremes. When you feel earthquakes, when you see death, when you experience viruses, when you witness riots, when you experience fraud yourself, these shall not force you to dark ignorance 
or silly, stupefied emotions, but they shall cause you to lift up your head, to lift up your chin, and to know that these are signs, these are signs that this life is temporary and the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back someday to make all things new for you. When we think about Christ coming back yet again, this second coming of Christ to judge the living and the dead, it shall not produce any fear. Surely we do confess every single Sunday, and we know, we believe, teach, and confess, and we know that Christ will come back to judge the living and the dead, but this will not produce any fear in you and me. You see, at the end of time, we need not fear God's wrath. Yes, Jesus is coming back with great vengeance to make things right. He is coming back not in meekness, but with force and power. But the news of the end of the world, as we know it, shall not bring about drowsiness or intoxication. No, the news of Christ coming back for us one day shall make us raise our heads. Yes, raise our heads even higher. For in Christ, you and I have gained complete redemption. You see, by Jesus giving himself into death for you and for me, we have complete salvation, nothing held back, nothing to fear. So in Christ... In all circumstances, and in light of the second coming of Jesus, you shall live with sober alertness. You are awake. You are a Christian. You are aware of reality. You are not discouraged. You are not easily swayed. You are not easily given to fear. You know that whether you continue to carry out your obligations in this life, in this valley of tears, or if you rest six feet under in the grave, that Christ holds you, that Christ holds you. As a Christian, what all this means is that you walk in the daylight. You are sober-minded, you are alert, dressed in faith, you're dressed in love, and you have the hope of salvation because Christ belongs to you and you belong to Christ. So no matter what happens, no matter what happens in this life, you know that you are not destined for destruction but for salvation. And so, dear baptized saints, lift up those chins, lift up that head, smile with joy and have cool confidence in Christ. Christ holds the beginning and he holds the end and he holds you in spite what this world throws at us. And we have confidence in Christ. Christ, who is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, who holds you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.